Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 180 of The Informed Catholic, episode 180. So uh, if you like what I do, please subscribe and share um, with your friends. Uh, if you think my podcast is worth it, uh, it's up to you. Um, but I, you know, my main goal is here to help people, um, about the faith and everything. So, uh, let's begin with, uh, a prayer. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Entrance antiphon from Psalm 80. Come and show us your face, O Lord, who are seated upon the cherubim, and we will be saved. Come and show your face, O Lord, who are seated upon the cherubim, and we will be saved. Come and show your face, O Lord, who are seated upon the cherubim, and we will be saved. O God, who sent your only begotten Son into the world to free the human race from its ancient enslavement, bestow on those who are dev devoutly who devoutly await him the grace of your compassion from on high that we may attain the prize of true freedom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, before we begin the reading, I want to talk about um, something I saw on YouTube, a report, um, sadly, um, about a perse persecution of Christians, especially in, in Pakistan, um, a Christian man, I don't know if he was Catholic or, um, or even Protestant, evangelical, he was accused of blasphemy and, um, he was, um, burned alive, martyred for the faith, um, in our faith, if you are martyred automatically, you are you are automatically a saint. You go straight to the to the highest, which is those who die for the faith. Um, it's sad because the reports uh, that I looked up justified it, justified what he did, and it was so many, uh, especially those who are trying to play a political game um like they say one thing and then they say something else contradictory um oh we don't really approve of it but blasphemy is uh is a death sentence i mean that you know look i come from a muslim background i mean i wasn't i wasn't a practicing muslim my father never uh taught me the faith he was never a practicing muslim himself or he might have I mean, he was still culturally a Muslim. He still identified as a Muslim, even to the day he died, and he had a Muslim funeral. But to, 
you know, and they were, and the sad thing is that you see, there were people taking selfies in front of this, this burning, this human being who was set on fire and chanting Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, God is great. You know, and, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, I mean, the man who reported it, uh, is a, is an evangelical Christian. He's an apologist. I think his apologetic, apologetic 17. I, I'm not exactly too sure what, uh, maybe that's when he set up the, his podcast, his YouTube channel. And he's, you know, he's pretty harsh on, on, on the, uh, the whole Muslim idea and ideology and theology and the Quran and I justifiable. I give him, I give him, you know, credit for it. Um, it's just unbelievable the things that they that they do to to think that you have to condemn to, to condemn another human being to that that you think God requires this. And I know people would say, well, what about what the Catholics did in uh, during the Inquisition? You don't. You know what? Everybody always loves to use the Inquisition. But no one, no one ever bothers ever bother to study it. And the people who give it to you, whether it's on the History Channel or the BBC or PBS or whoever, really, you have to be very careful with the information. Most of the stuff about the Inquisition was made up um, after the events, in order to discredit the faith, uh, the Catholic faith, especially after the the, uh, the events of Henry VIII and, and Queen Elizabeth, and uh, in Spain to this day there is a, a a building that belongs to the Inquisition where it has all the records, and a lot of the stuff was anti-Catholic. It was mainly anti-Catholic, but the events of the Inquisition were. Um, not as bad as people want to make them out to be. It, there were inquisitions, but it was two different inquisitions. It was the inquisition of the the Spanish monarchy, and there was the inquisition of the church. And the church tried very hard to defend the rights of Jews, uh, even Jews who were conversos to the faith. So whatever these people say, they don't, they're not really, they're just mimicking, they're just um, uh, repeating the garbage that was given to them by opponents of the Catholic Church. I'm not saying that there were not mistakes, there were not bad people, there were not bad uh, prelates, clerics, or bishops, and it was most definitely bad popes. What I'm saying is we need to draw the line between truth and and um, propaganda made up by uh, by Protestant nations. Um, yes, there were mistakes made, tragic mistakes, horrible mistakes, um, unforgivable, um, one could say, but it was not the way people think it was or the way they want it to be. It's tragic. Yes, but it's not going to make me stop being a Catholic. 
there's always going to be some rotten apples. There's always going to be Judases. There's always going to be power hungry people, even within the church, outside the church, even popes. The Borgias and the De Medicis are a good example of that. All right, let's go on to um, our first reading, but let's pray. We, we should really pray for, uh, for our brothers and sisters persecuted in, um, in these countries. Um, there's also a report by Dinesh D'Souza. I want to say this. I should have said this also, that there are many Muslims converting to Christianity. Yes, many Muslims are finally converting and we're going to see more of them in the future and we're going to see persecution. So we have to say a prayer for these people because with the time that we're living in with so much information out there on the internet, it's, it's going to happen. Okay, so uh, please pray, pray for everyone who's, who like in China, in um, uh, Saudi Arabia, in Iran, uh, even uh, pray for Christians in in Egypt. Pray for Christians in North Africa. Pray for uh, Christians in uh, Korea, uh, North Korea. Pray for Christians in Pakistan. Pray for Christians in in even in in now in a time we're living in, especially um, during this time of the COVID and shutdown. Uh, we're going to have to pray because, you know, that the um, the question of abortion and Roe versus Wade is in the Supreme Court. And there's a more likely thing that they will um, pass it down to states to make a decision on this one. And most likely you're going to see a lot of hell raised by the left. Okay, there's going to be a lot of anti, anti-Christian, anti um pro-life so pray i mean i just saw an image of a franciscan priest dragged out by priest handcuffed who was praying in front of an abortion clinic you can't even pray in front of an abortion clinic it's a big business killing babies in the womb all right let's go on to the readings okay this is the um first saturday of advent and the first reading is from isaiah chapter 30 Verse 19, 21, 23 to 26. The merciful, the merciful one will show you mercy when you cry out. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. O people of Zion who dwell in Jerusalem, no more will you weep. He will be gracious to you when you, are, when you cry out. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. The Lord will give you the bread you need and the water for which you thirst. No longer will your teacher hide himself, but with your own eyes you shall see your teacher. While from behind a voice shall sound in your ears, this is the way, walk in it, when you would turn to the right or to the left. He will give rain for the, for the seed that you sow in the ground, and the wheat that the soil produces will be rich and abundant. On that day, your flock will be given pasture and the lamb will graze in spacious meadows. The oxen and the asses that till the ground will eat a salage uh, tusk to them with shovel and pitchfork, 
upon every high mountain, the lofty hill and lofty hill, there will be streams of running water on that day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. The light of the moon will be like that of the sun, and the light of the sun will be seven times greater, like the light of seven days. On the day the Lord will bind up the wounds of his people, he will heal the bruises left by his blows. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Okay, let's go over this. Okay, thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. O people of Zion who dwell in Jerusalem, no more will you weep. The people of Zion who dwell in Jerusalem. The, the Zion is that mountain. Um, yeah, I mean, in a sense, it is the mountain that is in heaven. And obviously, if God is using an image that we know is very popular even among the pagans. But Zion is the hill of the mountain of salvation, the 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 sanctuary of salvation, Mount Zion. Um, it's also technically, of course, supposed to be the mount where the Temple Mount, where in uh, Jerusalem Temple is, the sanctuary, the the place where it will lead to paradise, the the temple that is a uh, a, a proto image of the temple in heaven. And then here it goes on to, and you know, you you're, no more will you weep, because the tears of their of their punishment, the tears of their suffering, the te- the wail of tears, the veil of tears, that we have because we dwell in this in this in this place of sin, this this reality of sin. He will be gracious to you when you cry out. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. When you cry out with all sincerity, with all honesty with uh, a consciousness of, of of our sins he will hear us when we when we are truly aware and truly admitting to ourselves of our sinful ways he will answer our prayers the lord will give you the bread you need and the water of which you thirst uh, bread is okay from a christian perspective a catholic perspective is definitely a foreshadowing of the eucharist but it also represents the word of god the sustenance that comes from God, which is the word. And remember Jesus said, man does not live by every, uh, by every, by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the, the mouth of God. And in most definitely cases, it's the, the word of God, the, the word, the, the word that gives us life in our soul. And then water is God's grace, uh, the grace of the Holy Spirit the life of the Holy Spirit, a foreshadowing of baptism also, a foreshadowing uh, of, of Christian sacraments and Christian life. Okay. Um, no longer will your teacher uh, hide himself, but with your own eyes you shall see your teacher. Meaning that God's presence is with us, that God's presence is always with us. Uh, definitely a foreshadowing, because here, teacher is capitalized, so it's a foreshadowing of Christ himself, who is the true teacher, the, the gospel. Uh, 
while from behind a voice shall sound in your ears. This is the way, walk in it. You know, the early mean title for the, for the Christian life was the way. The way, which is the way of Christ. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And you and when you when you would turn to the right or the to the left, he will give rain for the seed that you sow in the ground. The word of God, the word of God, the gospel um, that we sow in our hearts, the soil in our life. We are we're the soil, but also the first person to receive the word of God was our blessed lady, the Virgin Mary. She received the word in her heart, in her mind, in her soul, in her body. She was the soil. And many of the church fathers always made that metaphor, that connection. Okay. She was the one who received the word. Um, and the wheat that the soil produces will be rich and abundant. The fruits of the word of God in our life. And how we share it with other people. The abundance that comes from others who, who will receive the gospel from us. On that day, your flock will be given pasture. And the lamb will graze in spacious meadows. The ox and the asses that till the, till the ground will eat so soilage tusk to them. With a shovel and pitchfork. See? That's, uh, that's, again, it's, it's the, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the flock grows. The, the, um, the, the faith grows. Uh, the, uh, the abundance of the Christian life. The, the, you know, the, the, the flock and the, uh, the, the cow is a symbol of the growing kingdom of God members from different nations upon every high mountain and lofty hill there will be streams of running water again a picture of grace grace running water on that day of the great of the great slaughter when the towers fall obviously it's referring to um, the towers it's a call back to the Tower of Babel, a call back to empires and governments, a, a call a call to um, the reality of the uh, of of the oppression from unbelieving nations, unbelieving governments. The towers, towers being brought down. Uh, you know, it's of course you know I'm not talking about 9/11, but it's definitely about the power of of the oppressor, the power of unbelieving atheistic world. And then it goes on to the light of the moon will be like that, like the sun and the light of the sun will be seven times greater, like the light of, of seven days. Seven is a number of perfection. And therefore, when it's referring to the moon, that means there will not be uh, people hiding, committing sin in secret. And it definitely it's um, seven times greater is basically the perfection of God that, that there seven times like the seven sacraments, seven days, the, the seventh day. Um, uh, it's, it's basically chasing away evil, evil hiding in people's lives. 
it's, it's in whole basically. And then seven times greater is how much more perfection will, will God's word, uh, you know, be, it will be, there's always perfection. In other words, the, the mind and heart, there's no room for evil in anyone's life and no room for evil to hide anywhere. Um, on that day, the Lord binds up the wounds of his people. He will heal the bruises left by his blows. In other words, there will be no more oppression. There will be no more sin. And there, the, the Christian life is, will be perfected. There will be nothing, no nothing. Uh, all the bruises of our sinful ways that, that, that makes us rebel against God will be gone. All right, let's move on. Psalm 147. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. Praise the Lord, for he is good. Sing praises to our God, for he is gracious. It is fitting to praise him. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. The dispersed of Israel he gathers. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars. He calls each by name. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. To his wisdom there is no limit. The Lord sustains the lowly, the wicked he casts to the ground. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. Okay, one more time. Let's go over the words. Praise the Lord for he is good. Sing praise to our God for he is gracious. This is one thing the Psalms keep telling you. That God is always considerate and gracious. Not that he's always going to answer all your prayers because not that all our requests are right for us. But God knows what we need even before we ask him. A lot of times, you know, people want to tell God what to do. He's not a genie. He is, a, he is God the Father. He knows what we need even better than our own parents. The problem is with us, with us is, is when it comes to trusting him. It is fitting to praise him. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. The dispersed of Israel he gathers. All right, he deserves praise. And he rebuilds uh, Jerusalem. The holy city, which is inhabited by weak, sinful people. We're not perfect, but we should strive for perfection. He heals the walls of Jerusalem. The dispersed of Israel he gathers. This is obviously a post-exile psalm because they... Um, he, the Lord rebuilds Jerusalem and the dispersed of Israel he gathers, the 70-year exile. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars. He calls each by name. The brokenhearted, okay? The brokenhearted are those who have, um, well, what else can say? Who've had their hearts broken, who've uh, been betrayed, been hurt. But then he tells the number of the stars. He calls each by name. If he knows the, the, the stars, then he knows every soul. And so the writer here is using, uh, he's saying that the brokenhearted, obviously the brokenhearted are those who are well aware of evil and well aware of sin. And he, um, he binds up the wounds. Uh, from the the wounds that come from our daily affliction, our daily our daily struggle, 
and then this one compares the brokenhearted and those with wounds to stars because God knows the name of the stars in heaven. Therefore, he knows every single name of every saint. All right. He calls each of us by, by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. To his wisdom, there is no limit. The Lord sustains the lowly, the wicked he casts to the ground. Kind of like a little bit sounds familiar to the Magnificent of Our Lady. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. To his wisdom, there is no limit. The Lord sustains the lowly, the wicked he casts to the ground. Um, great is the Lord and mighty in power. He's God Almighty. He's mighty in power. To his wisdom, there is no limit. There is no limit. He is always present. He knows the past, the future. He knows everything. So he knows it all. The Lord will sustain the lowly. The wicked, he casts the ground. The lowly, those who humble themselves and are aware of their weakness, aware that they, that they, are, they are dependent on God, he will um, sustain, uh, sustains the lowly. And the wicked, he casts away, he sends away empty. So this is a great psalm. And it's always good to meditate on these things, to look at them carefully. It's not that hard. All you have to do is become a daily Bible reader. A few minutes, some time before you get, go to bed, a little extra time when you don't have to work the next day. Get familiar with the Word of God. Get familiar and you will get familiar with the language, the style, and everything in time becomes easy. And sometimes it's good to have more than one version of the Bible. And it's always good to have some um, Bible teaching programs on pod podcasts or on Audible. It always helps. All right, let's move on. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord is our judge, our lawgiver, our king. He it is who will save us. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord is our judge, our lawgiver, our king. He it is who will save us. Alleluia, alleluia. This is from Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22. Okay. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them. This is from the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35, to chapter 10, verse 1 to 5, and six and verse six to eight. All right, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them, Thus, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make, their, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, and without cost you are to give. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's go over it. All right. Um, Jesus went out to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Well, this shows you he, it always, it's, this is something that too many times we overlook. He goes to every town and village. All right. And he's going to, most likely, yeah, I don't think he, he went into the cities too much, but he went into the towns and villages and this is something that's, that was important to him. He needed to keep preaching and he did. He kept on teaching about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And he cured every disease and illness. And illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for, for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. It's interesting. It's kind of like today. You know, um, I mentioned in the earlier podcast how Bishop Barron talking on the Jordan Peterson podcast that that he wasn't taught the church fathers when he was in uh, in univer- when he was studying in the seminary. They weren't taught the church fathers. And so they were taught what replaced it was a very cold scientific reasoning that did not feed the soul. The, 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 these people are abandoned. They were sheep without a shepherd. They weren't giving any instruction. They weren't getting the word of God. And Jesus noticed this. Uh, uh, you know, he, he, you know, it's sad. I mean, they were troubled and abandoned. I like that. That caught me. They were troubled and abandoned. They were troubled. Their lives, their daily lives were filled with a lot of worry, a lot of trouble. And they were abandoned. The shepherds of Israel uh, were not teaching them. And it's sad that it's just unbelievably sad and pathetic because you see this. They're worried about social justice. They're worried about everything else, but they're not worried about the souls that they were given responsibility. All right. And then he's then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned the 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to perform exorcism, to drive them out and to cure every disease of, of, uh, of every illness. Then Jesus, then Jesus sent, sent out uh, to these 12 after uh, after instructing them he got 12 and he after he, and go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel as you go make this proclamation the kingdom of heaven is at hand cure the sick raise the dead cleanse lepers and drive out demons without cost you have been given and you, know, you but with, without cost without cost you have received and without cost, you are to give. In other words, no buying. No, don't sell cures. Don't sell exorcisms. Don't sell miracles. You are to go out and you are to heal them. No profit. 
Okay, that's the whole point because you know that's not their duty. But it's beautiful when you look at it because this this shows you how important it is that Jesus wants responsible shepherds, and unfortunately. We got a lot of weak ones, weak ones that don't know the church. They really are alien to the faith. Yes, yes, they are ordained priests. But you know what? You could still be a stranger. You could still be a stranger to the to 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 um to all, you know, a person who has a no doubt and, and no faith, uh all doubt and no faith, and, and constantly uh wrestling with their material love for the world is get you know, it gets to be kind of dangerous. Uh, because you begin to have contempt. You begin to look down, your thumb, your nose at the faith. I've met a few priests. I met quite a few priests that didn't care. You know, very hipster, used the church just to get a college education. Most likely he'll be doing something else. There's a lot of people like that. A lot of them like that. Sad. Sad, really sad. It breaks my heart because a lot of times you see all this, it's really heartbreaking. All right, let's say uh, a prayer. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. All right. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All right. I'll see you in the next podcast.